Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza, and I couldn't have planned the guest today any better. For those that are sitting home and listening to podcast galore and filling up your time, you are wondering what is happening in my life right now. And there were some people that used to brag, I never watched the news. What's happening now? <laughs> You're probably watching it 24 hours a day, and it's probably changed your mindset from how it used to be probably three weeks ago. And so is there a, a masterful mindset coach that we can speak to to kind of reset us to getting us to we can reach our highest potential? I'd like to introduce someone that for over 15 years, she's helped many people make many cool things happen in their personal and professional lives by creating a mindset that supports them in seeing what is possible. She helps them rewrite their crappy stories and take charge out of the negative thoughts that keep them settling in their jobs, relationships, and life in general. If that is you, then you would love our guest today. The Masterful Mindset Coach is Pam Thomas, and I'd like to welcome her to the podcast. Welcome, Pam. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, yes. I'm glad that you are on here, and I know that you and I didn't plan what's happening out in the world today, but there are a lot of people that need a mindset shift. And I think that you would be a good person to talk about that based on your expertise. Well, thank you. Yeah, this is this is crazy times, folks. We're we're dealing with some stuff that we've never seen before. And it's unsettling for a lot of people. You betcha. Yeah, it's um you know, I think before three weeks ago, everyone would say, look at the bright side of things. And I think mm. where, uh, where the news comes into play, where people didn't used to watch it and maybe watch it more than ever now, is that everything seems to change daily. So you can't really grab a foundation as to mindset or outlook or uh, first steps that you should do to ensure uh, the safety, first of all, physical safety for yourself and your family and loved ones, but also just the mindset as in carrying forward. Yeah, this is this is a time that's raising a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety and a lot of uncertainty. And people are feeling all sorts of things. And the one thing I want to want to say to everyone, whatever it is you're feeling right now, is absolutely perfectly natural. The worst thing you can do is feel bad about the way you're feeling. Um, when we are in a state of overwhelm, when we're in a state of stress, uh, we have what's called negative bias. That's where our brains go to the negative because they're pre-wired to do that based on our um, ability to maybe allow the negative experience to weigh a little bit more heavy. And this is something that we're pre-wired for based on our prehistoric ancestors who had to be on high alert. So we're all kind of in that high alert state right now. And one of the things that's really critical at this point, because we don't have any control over the virus, we don't know when it's going to end, we don't know uh, you know what next week is going to look like, m- much less ne- next month. The one thing we do have control over is what we choose to think and how we choose to take care of our mindset. Now, you said uh, two things that I want to take away from what you just said was one was um, acknowledging a negative violent, uh, negative bias, and mm-hmm. that it's okay. And I 
believe, I don't want to speak for everyone, but, you know, raise your hand, people listening, if this, if you can resonate with this. Uh, this may be the first time that you actually are looking at it. I mean, I know tons of people, myself included at times, where every waking moment is filled with work, family, social things, and I'm usually exhausted by the end of the day, let alone mm -hmm. reviewing what happened that day. And the next day, I'm back on that treadmill. And so we're, it looks like a reset where this is the first time you may be identifying these negative biases. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. You know, our negative, the negative thoughts play on a loop in our heads, and they sometimes play um, so often that they become a habit to the point where we don't even notice them anymore. And like you said, we get caught up in the day-to-day -day stuff, and then we wonder why we're so, we're so worn out. Um, and I think what we're doing now and what we're seeing now is people are starting to create a little bit more self-awareness. Um, which is something that's difficult to do when you're running from point A to point B and trying to get the, the to-do list done and, you know, working and taking care of family and schlepping the kids to soccer and all the stuff that happens in day-to-day -day life. We kind of go through the motions or we are on autopilot to the point where we really aren't self-aware as to what's going on in our minds and what's going on in our bodies subsequently. And our negative thoughts have an impact on not only... Um, what we, how we feel, but they have a, they have an impact on our bodies. Um, they create um, chemicals that impact our blood pressure, that impact our lungs, that impact all sorts of different things. So it's, uh, now is the best time ever because we're we're in our homes, we're you know chilling out. Now it's the best time ever to kind of take um, inventory of your thoughts and the things that you're thinking. Um, particularly the negative thoughts, for sure. What was in, what's really interesting, Pam, is that uh, thinking about running on autopilot and mm -hmm. taking a snapshot or trying to take a snapshot of when did it start. And so uh, for a traditional mindset would be go to, you know, in elementary school, you got to go to high school. I got to go to college. I got to get a job. You're kind of on autopilot based off of societal norms. And I think mm -hmm. some of what's happening now is, or disconcerting, is the news changes daily. And people would like mm -hmm. to kind of go back to autopilot. Well, what do you just, what do you want me to do? Many jobs are, what do you want me to do? The thinking out of the box is only a phrase. It's not really, it's sometimes frowned upon <laughs> if you go outside the box. <laughs> I wanted to get your take on autopilot versus maybe the first time in, in a person's life that they're really noticing uh, they're becoming self-aware. Well, I think what we're seeing now is shifting shifts in patterns. Um, our patterns as human beings is to get up every day to do you know exercise, um, to go to work, to come home, um, rinse and repeat. Um, and now there's a break in the pattern. So we're getting up every day and we don't go to work unless, of course, we're working from home. And there's a lot, a lot of things that are changing in our day to day, um, which is, this is, like I said, this is the perfect time to start tuning in into creating some of that self-awareness around your own mindset. Um, it's very easy, like you were talking about earlier, it's very easy to get caught up in the news, and the news is changing hour by hour, 
very easy to allow the news to, to have a negative impact. And rightfully so. Um, the news isn't positive. It isn't bright, sunny, and, and shiny. It's filled with um, some scary facts. Um, so this is a time when people are finding that maybe they're not feeling so great. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about mentally and emotionally. Because all that negativity does have an impact on what we think. Every experience we ever have, regardless of what it is, creates a thought and a belief. And those thoughts and beliefs create feelings. Whether we're in tune with our feelings or not, totally different story, but we do have them. And it's those feelings that impact what we do, how we do things, how we show up, our energy levels, um, the energy we're putting out into the world. So this is, this is a, a perfect time. If you're looking for something to do, take stock, take inventory of some of the things you're thinking and how that's impacting you um, on an emotional, mental, and physical level. And I will say, Pam, that you sound very cool, calm, and collective, so congrats to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do want to ask you, was it always this way? I mean, when you were born, was it Pam, middle name, masterful mindset coach Thomas, or was this, <laughs> <laughs> was this developed over time? Uh, this was developed over time, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I used to be totally consumed with my negative thoughts, and they used to scare the crap out of me, honestly. And I used to think there was something wrong with me for having the negative thoughts. And then I'd get into a complete and total tailspin. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting, too, because the stories that those negative thoughts created, oh, my goodness, I told myself some real doozies to the point where I was settling in some really unhealthy relationships. Um, I was settling in jobs that didn't fit me. Um, I was hanging, hanging out. Sound like I'm, I'm in high school again. Um, I was connecting with people that weren't a good fit for me, all because I didn't feel real great about me, and I was allowing those negative thoughts and those negative stories to control the things I thought, the things I believed, and, and the way in which I was showing up. Um, to the point where I almost became an alcoholic, and was about 200 pounds. Um, and since then, I mean, this is where coaching literally saved my life. Um, I enrolled in coach training school and got my own coach and I started to work on me. I started to work on the stuff that was going on inside of me, including my mindset. Um, subsequently I'm no longer settling in relationships. I have a wonderful relationship. It's healthy. It's great. I love it. Um, I have a fantastic career that I absolutely love that I've been doing for 15 years and I'm not, you know, playing small anymore, but it took time. It took work. And there are days when my, when my, the bus, you know, when the wheels fall off my bus, but I have the tools now to put the wheels back on. Um, and part of that is a lot of mindset work and personal development work, but a lot of that is also self-care. Mm. I like the, the phrase of negative thoughts as in the, the question that should be asked is, who does this belong to? Uh, because in many mm -hmm. respects, it, you may you may own it or think that's your thoughts, but you may be carrying something that your family said or your social group has said for years. And so what's your, ta what's your thought on really adapting what others are thinking and separating that? And then also, what are some examples that you 
gravitated towards early on before you had the, uh, the, the coaching that you would never face again today? What are the deal breakers to look out for? Oh, gosh. Okay. So first and foremost, we do adopt stories from elsewhere. Um, we're surrounded by them. Uh, all you have to do is, is look at media. Um, but our families, bless them, probably generationally, have carried on stories. As a matter of fact, it's so funny you mentioned this, this question. Um, I'm currently working on a book called The Stories I Told Myself, and it's all based on some prevalent stories that I grew up with. Uh, first and foremost was, one, be a square peg, squished in a round hole. Basically, be like everybody else. Um, another story was, you're not enough. That imposter syndrome, not thin enough, not pretty enough, not smart enough. Um, you know, I grew up, Bless my parents, I grew up in a household with two parents who didn't really, they weren't really a good fit for each other. Um, and I would go to bed at night as an eight-year-old little girl and pray every night that they would get divorced because there was so much pain. But you, you learned that you didn't share that pain outside of the house. Nobody was to know that there was a lot of pain. I remember my grandmother always saying, you know, you live in a beautiful home, but the walls are crying. They were crying. Um, it didn't matter what the outside world saw. What was inside was not a, a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. And so I learned from a very early on, early age, you didn't share your dirty laundry with anybody. You painted on a pretty face. You did your hair. You did your makeup. And you went out of the house smiling. And all of those things taught me that my voice didn't matter to keep, to keep quiet. Um, and to to do whatever was necessary to paint that perfect picture. I don't ever think that was my parents' intent, but that's certainly the stories that were created. And subsequently, that's kind of how I grew up, trying to fit in with people that weren't a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I apologize. Your second question was a great question, and would you please remind me of it again? What are some signs, like... Uh before you you made like you were saying some of the stories that you you told yourself from the family what have you you probably had gone into initial relationships with mm-hmm. that mindset like well that's just the way it is versus today you would never if that were to come around you're like oh hell no not for Pam Thomas so no <laughs> what are those light bulb moments where you're just like for someone listening if if this is happening it may be a deal breaker for them. Okay, so I think it's really important. We all have the most amazing GPS systems in the world. And I'm not talking about your phone. Okay, I am talking about your gut. I'm talking about your gut instincts. Those are the best GPS systems ever. And your gut is always talking to you. Tune into it. That was my biggest thing. Um, I grew up with a, with a dad who used to always say to me, Pam, your gut is 99% right all of the, all of the time, so follow it. Mm-hmm. Um, nine times out of ten, I didn't, and I, and I loved my dad, but he was wrong. It's 100% right all of the time. You just have to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know when something doesn't feel right, and, it, and it's following what doesn't feel right, but what's more important is understanding that if we follow what doesn't, what if we follow what feels right to us, it may not be a popular decision. Um, and I know that there's a lot of fear doing that because we fear we might alienate people, we might be alone, we might be 
um, you know, criticized or ridiculed. But I can promise you this. It takes courage, yes, to follow your gut. But if people criticize, if people fall away because you're doing what's right for you, I can guarantee you they're not the right fit for you in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather be uh, without a gazillion people in my life that don't fit me and be with people, even if it's just a handful of people that do fit. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't stress this enough. You've got to follow your gut. You really have to pay attention to it. So when you follow your gut, uh, my next question is following your gut. And earlier you mentioned the impact on your bodies. So I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you about following your gut, the impact on your body, and free will. Because it sounds like if you're not following your gut, then you have the free will to do so, but your body mm-hmm. be negatively impacted. Would that be a stream of thought there? I, I think it depends on the situation. So let's say, for example, let's say you decide you're going to go into business with somebody and you know in your gut something's not right. You know in your gut something is absolutely not right. You can't pinpoint what it is. You just know it's not right. And you go ahead anyway because you can't identify why, you, why you're feeling funky about it. And six months down the road, all of a sudden, you're stressed out. Um, your business partner is absolutely looney tunes. And I don't mean that to be derogatory, but, you know, just not a, a good fit for you is... is crazy-making, chaos-making, drama-making, and all of a sudden, you're stuck right in the middle, and you're thinking, geez, I should have paid attention. I should have paid attention when, when, you know, when I was feeling off and couldn't identify it. Now, all that worry and all that stress, what happens to our bodies when we're in a place of stress or we're in a place of worry or we're in a place of fear? We can go into what's called amygdala hijack. That's where the amygdala, which is part of our brain, will start... Um, will give us that fight or flight feeling. Um, And we start producing chemicals. Uh, There are four particular chemicals, um, cortisol being one of those. But when we start to produce those things, uh, that can impact our blood pressure, that can impact our adrenal glands, it can impact our lungs, it can impact all sorts of different parts of our body. And um, so that's why it's really important that you, you pay attention. You pay attention to what your body's telling you. You pay attention to what your gut's telling you. So you avoid and you minimize um, getting into situations where there's going to be stress and worry. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times I will, I will say this. If I had a dime for every time I didn't pay attention to a red flag or a pink flag, and I knew that it was something was off, but I couldn't identify what it was, um, and I went with it anyway... I would be a self-made millionaire right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we learn from our mistakes, so there you go. Absolutely. Or at least we hope we do. Absolutely. Well, well, let me ask you this part, too. When you, It could be a, re, a red flag or a pink flag or whatever flag, and that you said that used to drink. And so in drinking, people have that moment of clarity. It may be in a stupor or not, but it's spirit... Uh, liquor is called a spirit and so even with the low spirit did you ever have those moments of moments of clarity when you while you were drinking no i wish to god i had mm. no i had just drunken stupors mm. um, yeah and that was because 
that wasn't paying attention to what felt good to me. Mm-hmm. And instead, I was really stifling um, my own authenticity. I have a, um, when I turned 50 um, uh, several years ago, I got a, uh, a tattoo and um, it says, Be a voice, not an echo. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite tattoos, it's an Albert Einstein quote. And the reason it's on my arm, so I see it every day to remind myself I need to listen to my own voice and not allow it to be an echo. Mm-hmm. Um, in my own voice and not drowning it out and paying attention to those things. Um, and I don't need to numb anymore. Because mm-hmm. that's what I was doing. I was doing that with alcohol. I was doing that with food. Mm-hmm. I was numbing. When you had mentioned alcohol, was it during college or like high school that you were having these stupors? No. No, it was actually um, right as I was getting started coaching and coach training. Wow. Yeah. Um, And it was prior, actually, it was prior to my getting started in coach training and right as I was getting started in coach training. And it was during coach training that I finally realized something's not right. Mm -hmm. Something is absolutely not right. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a lot of pain. Um, what people don't recognize when they're going through coach training, depending on their, the school that they go to, you're doing, even though you're learning how to coach, you're also doing a lot of work on yourself mm-hmm. and creating a lot of self-awareness and it's not pretty and it's painful sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it, for me, it was life-saving. It was literally life-saving. Uh, it actually leads me to a two-part question now because you said oh, it, was, yeah. it was later in life and the reason why I was asking if they were high school or college age is all, you know, kids will be kids. So I, I said my, my prerequisite uh, old man statement, kids will be kids when I was that age. But, <laughs> but today, uh, now it's known as a terroristic threat because of the laws are changing now. But you have these young kids licking toilets and doing these, oh, yeah. these strange quote unquote challenges. And I would have to wonder how much of it is under the influence and you're with the crowd. So it's the mob mentality. So you maybe close off with your, your gut and your intuition is telling you just to be mm-hmm. a part and be accepted. And I wanted to get your mm-hmm. on that. Oh, yeah, it hurts my heart when I hear stories like that or when I read stories like that in the news. Um, I, you know, I, I, I wonder, I often wonder what, what's going on under the surface that we're not seeing. Um, and I think you, you hit on something when you talked about the mob mentality, more to the point, wanting, for, wanting to fit in. Every human being on this planet has a need to feel loved. Um, we don't always go about getting loved in the right way. Um, and getting loved really, and it, this is going to sound cheesy, and I'm going to have, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of listeners rolling their eyes. Okay. Because this is the honest to goodness truth. It starts internally first. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't love you, ain't nobody else going to love you mm-hmm. in the way that you need to be loved. Mm-hmm. It's got to start in, internally first. And so when I when I hear about these kids doing things like that, or even the um, read a news article today where a man went in and sneezed all over produce, mm-hmm. or coughed all over produce, pardon me. And and you have to wonder what what what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know what's going on? What what's going through your head right now? Mm-hmm. What is it that you, that you need? Um, 
that you're not getting, that you're trying to get in a negative way. Mm. Uh, that's what when I when I hear those stories or read those stories. With regards to the the guy coughing over the food. It it makes mm-hmm. me think of um, and just a, as a side story, I I lost uh, one of my sisters to uh, she transitioned on her own will, or I'm sure we all do, but in our opinion, it was premature. Is a nice way to say mm-hmm. it. And so mm-hmm. there were, you know, hindsight being 2020, there were a mm-hmm. lot of cries for help that we were like, well, she's just showing out, and so that could happen with families where you're not the only child and you're trying to get the attention. And it makes it made me think of that man coughing and he may be hurting. And on some level, I want people to hurt like I am hurting. You know what I mean? And it's an opportunity to lash out. What, what do you think about that? Well, when we're in a really deep, dark space, it's very difficult to, to see anything very clearly. And, you know, it, Especially if somebody is dealing with something that's really heavy, that probably would require therapeutic assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I think again, when we're in that deep dark space, we're not thinking about things from um, a perspective that we would normally think of things if we weren't in that space. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those are cries for help. Um, sometimes those are cries for help. Um, and intervention, even. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, that's outside my wheelhouse. Um, as a as a certified coach, uh, I kind of took a took a pledge not to to introduce therapy into my practice because I'm not a not a licensed therapist. But I can say, you know, we have so many resources available to us today. Mm-hmm. Um, so many hotlines that are out there. That if somebody is feeling that need for whatever it is, whether it's attention, whether it's a cry for help, there is always somebody that is available. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it takes reaching out. And I know sometimes that's easier said than done when you're in that dark space. Sure. And I'm sorry about your sister. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we talked about the the teenagers or the young folks, and you said that (laughs) you really, it led you to, um, when you were going through uh, your dark night of the soul, if you will, that led you yes. to being a coach. And so in some esoteric schools or some esoteric religions, uh, the thought process of the human life is live your life carefree, blank slate. And then when you're 40, it's your time to do your life's work. And that's where <laughs> the quote unquote the midlife crisis, <laughs> all these things happen. And it probably probably made, you know, you've been doing this 15 plus years, made you a better coach because you can relate to your time on the other side, if you will. And am I on the same, am I on the right page with what I'm thinking? You, yeah, you absolutely are on the right page. I, I once had a mentor say to me, um, and I, I think she was 150% correct with this. People don't, she said, Pam, people don't care about the letters behind your name. They don't care what training school you went to, what college you went to, what degrees you have. What they care about are the fires you've walked through that are going to help them walk through their own. Mm. And that was an eye-opening statement for her to make because I really realized, yeah, I have a lot of fires that I've walked through. And I use those fires to help other people walk through their own fires. And I think as a coach, it's, it's of the utmost importance to me to be vulnerable and transparent with my clients 
so that they understand, A, they're not alone, um, B, I get it, and may not get it from their perspective, and, and I want to get it from their perspective, so that's why I ask all sorts of questions, and I'm very curious, but I can relate, um, and they aren't alone, and they're not crazy, and, you know, they're not some social misfit, or um, some, some, there's not something horribly wrong with them, they're not an imposter. Um, all those things that we have a tendency to, to, to tell ourselves when we're not feeling quite right uh, or when we're not connected to who we are. So, yeah, it's the fires. Definitely the fires I've walked through. <laughs> and, and earlier you were talking about the the the, the comparing self being, self-awareness and being on autopilot. And if we, like we're saying, or like I was saying earlier, you know, you, you have this trajectory, most people, at least here in the United States, but then 35 happens and you're middle management and you're like, is this all there is? And this autopilot's not working anymore. And I think that's where your expertise comes in as well. Are you seeing that as far as your client base? Are they older or younger or a mix of the the two? It's a big, lovely rainbow of, different ages. It's a definite mix. I think the youngest client I have is 28. Mm-hmm. Um, and the oldest client I have is 65. Mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a big mix. Here's the beautiful thing. If you guys take away one thing from this podcast, I hope it's this. Every single one of us has a choice. We all do. We all have choice. Even choosing to do nothing is a choice. And knowing that we have choice is a very powerful place to come from. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to the things we say to ourselves. It, absolutely. And I know that you're a coach, but you're also, you also do intuitive reading. So yes. um, how did you get into intuitive readings and does that mesh well or does that mesh at all? Or do you separate the two between doing your coaching versus intuitive reading? Well, okay, so um, I got involved with, well, got involved. <laughs> Let me wind that back a little bit. Um, according to my dad, I've always been intuitive, even when I was a little girl. I don't remember being intuitive. Um, he, he said I was. I must have shut it off for whatever reason. Um, and it wasn't until I got uh, into coach training a little further um, but I started to discover uh, a special gift, being able to um, receive messages. And it was, it was an odd feeling at first. Um, and I remember standing in Barnes & Noble with a friend, and we were standing in the New Age section, at which point I wasn't very uh, well-versed in New age things. And she was picking up astrology books because she liked astrology. And I'm thinking, I don't know anything about astrology, but cool. You, you do you, girl. <laughs> and we're standing there. We're looking at books. And I'm, I'm flipping through books. And I have this incredible urge to turn around. And so I turned around. And behind me was an entire uh, self of tarot cards and oracle cards. And there was one card deck in particular that grabbed my attention. And it was almost as if, I was magnetically drawn to that deck. That's the best way I can describe it. And so I turned to my friend and I said, 
this is so weird, but I have this really strange feeling. And she goes, what's your strange feeling? I said, like, I need to pick up that deck of cards and look at it. She goes, so pick up the deck of cards and look at it. And she looked at me like I had grown a horn out of my forehead, like, duh. <laughs> so I picked the deck of cards and I'm holding it in my hand and it started to vibrate and freaked me out. And I said to her, I said, the cards are vibrating. She said, so what? I go, what do you mean, so what? I said, they're vibrating. She goes, okay, that's energy. Don't worry about it. And I'm standing there with these cards vibrating in my hand. And all of a sudden I said, I think I need to buy these cards, but I don't know why. She said, so buy the cards, Pam. It's not that big of a deal. And I said, I don't know what to do with these cards. I've never had a tarot reading. I've never done a reading. I don't even know what a reading is. I don't know what to do with these. And she says, you're going to buy them. We're going to go back to my place and you're going to do a reading for me. And I did. And I was just floored at some of the things that I was able to connect that I didn't know about her that was coming through in our reading. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I started to fine tune my intuitive skills. Mm -hmm. I will say this. Every single one of us has the ability to be intuitive. We just, some of us tune it out. Some of us work on it a little more to bring it forward. Um, but we all have the ability to be intuitive. So. And that's why I wanted to ask you, and it, I thought it was interesting that you said the youngest person you're dealing with is 28, because mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think you do numerology, but in doing numerology readings, you're not supposed to start until, or you're not supposed to give it to anyone under the age of 28. Like the first 28 years is your infancy stage of your life. And so it should be a blank mm-hmm. blade and you should never do readings to anyone younger than that to negatively influence what they should go through for the first 28 years. So it's just funny how it probably wasn't even the plan, but that's what my, no, it wasn't. That's what my antenna picked up. So I thought I'd share that. That is awesome. That's great. And as a matter of fact, the readings that I've done over the years have never been for anyone in their 20s. Mm-hmm. They've always been for up. Mm-hmm. How interesting is that? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wanted to take from a from an intuit, intuitive, also um, from, and I know we're on a podcast, Intrinsic Motivation, and some of this sounds really mushy, but the this person that I'm about to talk about is not really known as mushy, and you'll put two and two together. You don't even have to be psychic for this part, but I want to get your <laughs> I want to get your take on the outcome. So someone, it was a press conference and this person was asked, well, what are you going to do now? Because we have this growing number of people that are getting sick and people are home that are worried and scared. What should you tell them? And then this person said, you know what? (laughs) I think you're a bad reporter. More importantly, you are continuing to perpetuate nothing but bad news and fear mongering. Mm -hmm. And this is not helping people. Uh, we don't have all the answers, but we are trying. And so I don't want to make a political debate, but I thought about it when you were saying the impact on your bodies. And I believe that people are more susceptible to getting sick due to the yeah. fear and anxiety. So I wanted to get your take on yeah. uh, the speaker and his, I'm sure you knew who it, who, know who it is now, but yeah. just the thought process yeah. behind that. Oh, goodness. What do I say? <laughs> what do I say to you all? <laughs> you know, I, 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 first and foremost, uh, you know, people are scared. And we are looking for, when we're scared, what's the first thing we want? We want somebody to tell us it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. 
We want somebody to tell us, here's what the plan is. This is what's going to happen. Because uncertainty is very unnerving. It's the unknown. And we're not real great with the unknown. And we are in a, in a situation right now where we are smack dab in the middle of the unknown. And so not being able to say, it's going to be okay. This is what we're doing. This is how we're going to have it handled. It's going to be okay. Um, I think that's what people need right now. They need to hear that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I am going to say this because I truly believe this. Um, there is a reason for everything that ever happens. Mm-hmm. We may not understand why things happen. We may question um, God, whoever we pray to, and wonder, well, what the heck? But there is a reason for everything. And I can say that we will make it through this. I don't know how we're going to make it through it, but we will. We'll all make it through it together. And everybody listening, you aren't alone. You are not alone. You aren't alone in feeling fearful. You aren't alone in in feeling whatever it is you're feeling about what's going on. So I, I want to encourage folks, keep talking, keep sharing. Even though we're actually distancing ourselves right now, mm-hmm. and, and many of us may be on lockdown and held up in our homes, there's technology is a beautiful thing for that reason. Keep reaching out to each other. Keep talking to each other. Keep sharing your fears because those fears, when you bring them out into the light, they diminish in strength and in size. Mm-hmm. When you keep them in the dark, it's kind of like bacteria. They're going to grow mm. and they're going to get strong. So keep sharing. Keep talking. Thank you for that. And yeah, I do have to put some topical things in there. And so yeah. um, the other thing as a mindset coach, and you'll probably piece this one together too, but I like to do it. I'm a cancer, so I kind of do these elaborate stories to get to the point. But to keep it topical, I'm thinking uh, because as a mindset coach, you talk about not playing small and not caring what others think about what's going on with you or your relationships, right? And so yeah. what, is, what does that mean about playing small and, and not caring what, I mean, I'm supposed to care. There, there are the people, that's why social media exists. Like they validate me. <laughs> You're saying we shouldn't do that? Well, it's, it's not a natural. Let me just say that. It's not a natural to care what other people think of us. But here's the, here's the, here's the real, real, real important piece here. It's really important what you think about you. And I know that sounds really cliche because at the end of the day, I don't have control. Let's say you and I are are having a conversation and I say something to you and I think, oh my God, he must think I'm just a total nutcase. Um, And it's quite the contrary. In your head, you may have been thinking, wow, that was a really good point. You didn't state it. But in in my head, I thought, oh my God, he, he furled his forehead. He must think I'm a total nutcase. We create stories around things based on what we perceive from other people. And that's why think you know, caring about what other people think, we don't necessarily know what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have any control over what they think. Mm-hmm. We have control over what we think. We have control over what we do. We have control over how we show up. We have control over all those things that have to do with us solely. Um, but I will say this. Um, there's a beautiful book, and maybe many of you have read it, called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm-hmm. I think it's the second agreement where he says, don't take anything anyone does or says personally. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where I get into that. Okay, I, I cannot worry over about what other people think of me because I can't take it personally. Whatever they're saying or thinking in their head has to do with whatever's going on inside of them. And unless they share it with me, there's nothing I can do about it. Nothing I can do about it. So worrying about it is not going to change it. Okay. It's only going to create chemicals in my body that are going to not be helpful to me. Because that's one of the, the, the to stay topical, uh, a relationship existed for 20 mm-hmm. plus years. And mm-hmm. on the outside, everyone's like, this is a wonderful relationship. This is a wonderful relationship. And now we're finding out it wasn't. And then the person left that existing relationship and is with someone new. And then the person that was left is now with someone new. And now people are looking at the person that was left and was like, you replace this person with that? You could have done so much better if you guys worked it out. And the person that left at first was kind of like, uh, you know what, I wasn't happy here. I, I want to go somewhere else and I can't go back. I don't want to go back. Or is it okay to go back? What do you, what do you think? Do you I think everybody's going to have, yeah, I think everybody's going to have an opinion. We all have opinions, and and more people, most, you know, some people voice their opinions, some don't. And I think at the end of the day, it's really down to the people in the relationship to determine what's going to work and what's not going to work. Um, You know, outsiders are are called outsiders for a reason, because they're standing on the outside. They don't necessarily know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, and, you know, as you were saying that, it was reminding me of what I what I shared with you all earlier about living in a beautiful house and the walls crying. You know, to the outside world, it was beautiful. To the inside, it was not. Mm-hmm. Um, for many various and assorted different reasons. So, it, it, you know, I, I think it's really, again, it's really important as individuals that we follow our gut instincts and that we do what we feel, what feels like intimate with who we are. That's what we talk about when we talk about not playing small. Mm-hmm. We talk about not being that square peg squished in a round hole. You know, having enough courage and faith in ourselves to be able to, to be ourselves and to do the things and to be with the people that fit. You know, I, I know there's a fear, particularly when we're in a relationship, that, oh, if I leave this relationship, I'm never going to find anybody else. Or, you know, I'm going to be alone. Not true. Not true. You know, when we start opening ourselves up, first and foremost, having a really healthy relationship with ourselves, again, as cliche as that's going to sound, but that's where it all starts. When we start having that healthy relationship with ourselves and we recognize what we want and what we don't want, we then start attracting the people that line up with what we want versus what we don't want. You know, that is so true because when this person left, a lot of people came out of the woodwork and, and wanted to rally behind that person. And they want to mm-hmm. work with, with that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. What relationship I'm talking yeah. about? Uh, no, I don't know which relationship you're talking about. No. <laughs> I'm talking about Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dear old Tom. Hey, now, now, you're getting, now you're getting on a real touchy subject with me. I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So, yeah, um, Tom leaving the Patriots. Um, I, you know, I, 
I'll read. I'll read their comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's actually appropriate that you are from Kansas City because you know every, while everyone's mulling this over, Joe Montana came out I think earlier this week, who was a 49er and went to the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's like, that was mm-hmm. di- my what happened to me was different. He was like, somebody mm-hmm. dropped the ball, and you know, so everybody's kind of wondering and. Second uh, Monday morning quarterback, but as you said, nobody knows what, what was happening behind closed doors. No, nope. we don't know what was going on between Belichick and Brady. We don't know what was going on in the locker room. We don't know what was going on. You know what what caused the decision. Um, most, you know, some folks are saying it's because his his son lives in Florida. One of his children lives in Florida and he wanted to be closer to his child. That could very well be true. Mm -hmm. All we know is he made the move. Mm -hmm. And if it was a move that he made for his best well-being, great. Because the only person whose well-being he's responsible for, other than his kids, of course, is his his own Mm well-being. And so, you know, that's that's all we can do is is take care of take care of things and and not fall prey to what everybody else says we should do. Mm-hmm. There's a reason we talk about shoulds. I, I tell clients this all the time. When somebody says should to me, it's like waving a red flag in front of a bull's face. Because mm-hmm. to me, when you say should, that tells me um, somebody else is telling you something that you should be doing. It's a, it's an... Um, it's an obligation, um, and we should all over ourselves. And hopefully, that's not what happened with with Tom. Hopefully, he wasn't being should all over. He made the right decision for himself based on, you know, him mm-hmm. and what he needs. Hmm. The, good luck to him. Good luck to Tom Brady. Yeah, and I'm not. Trust me, I'm, I'm an eagle. So yeah, fly eagle, fly. <laughs> oh, yay! That's my second favorite team. I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> Well, that, that's a good segue for where I'm going next, because uh, since we're an intuitive and, and we were talking about, you know, that blank slate until you became a coach, you were going through a lot of uh, changes, highs and lows. And uh, that is known in, in this school of thought on third dimension as the three miseries. And if we're talking about our current life or we're talking about past lives and future lives, there seems to be mm-hmm. this back and forth of, of light and dark and misery and comfortability in, in the physical existence. And so the three miseries are uh, the misery that's caused by the mind and, mind and the body. We kind of highlighted a lot mm-hmm. of those. Uh, the second one is the misery that is a trick caused by other living things. So your people, places, friends, and what have you. And then the third is, uh, the third misery is caused by natural disasters, like what's happening now or earthquakes and what have you. And so I I wanted to ask you, uh, what's your take on those three miseries? And is there any way to maybe soften the, the landing the next iteration when we're born again, or there's some that don't want to come back and say, we've mastered that. Is there a cheat code that we can get around these three miseries? Oh, I wish there was a cheat code, like a silver <laughs> bullet type cheat code, because that would save us a lot. But here's the thing. Actually, no, I don't. I don't. Because I think a lot of our own personal development and growth comes from the experiences we have. Not the good ones, necessarily, but the ones that are not so good. Uh, the ones that leave an impressionable mark. 
And I think, you know, there's a, a favorite saying that I've, that I've heard and I cannot tell you where I heard it from. So I, I, I stole it quote air quotes from somewhere. Um, it was the universe only puts in front of us what we have yet to master. Once we master it, it no longer puts it in front of us. And I can't say that with natural disasters. However, some could argue um, that this is in the Bible and this is something that has, has happened before. Um, and that may very well be true. Um, we just, we learn from every experience, including natural disasters. We learn what, what to do um, to fix things. We learn what to do to be better. We learn what to do to grow. And I can say this from a personal perspective, it's a really cool thing to be able to sit and say, you know, what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. What can I learn from this that's going to help me? What can I learn from this that's going to make me a stronger, better person? Um, what do I know is the truth? What am I certain of? I think one of the, the key things is the curiosity piece. You know, putting it through the lens of curiosity and being very curious um, about what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, what's possible? I ask myself that the my I journal every single morning. I've been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. And who knew? I just found out that it's really good for your immune system. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> woohoo! <laughs> Extra added bonus. But I I wrote the question at the top of my journal. What what? Good things will pos- could possibly come from this, and I started journaling all the potential good things. Mm. You know, for example, I'm reconnecting with people that I haven't talked to in years. Yes, here, here. I'm having a blast, mm-hmm. telling old stories. Remember when we did? Mm. You know, that's been so much fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we'll be more close as a, as as a as a as a nation, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we'll, we'll see more compassion. I'm seeing more compassion. You know, the people I take a walk with my, with my dog every day and people uh, normally who would have their head down or their headphones on and head down are saying hello. And mm-hmm. hi, how you doing? Are you doing okay? Are you hanging in there? Perfect strangers. Yes. So there's some really cool things that come out of misery. Yes. And you just have to be willing to, be open to the lesson. Have you seen the shout out to the dads? Oh my goodness. In the neighborhood, it used to be maybe the mom only or the mom and the kids. Now you're seeing the whole yeah. family going out for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're creating more family time. We're talking to each other. We're playing games. We're in, we're interacting. We're engaging. We're checking in on our loved ones. You know, not just once every month, but, uh, you know, every other day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the ones that were walking as families, can you believe it? The kids, no one had any electronics on them. No. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that. <laughs> that's when I was like, totally I'm, I'm pitching myself here. <laughs> totally love that. Oh, my God. I totally love that. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know if you've seen this, but one of my takeaways, and I probably need to write it down, is that the skies are clearer. And I've seen places like Venice, where I've been, and the water's usually really nasty. It's clear. You have fish in the water. 
and I've seen wild animals across the country, like, because there's no cars on the road. So, yeah. It's unfortunate that it took something this severe to have that to happen. But, you know, in many respects, um, you know, this is a reset. Mm-hmm. And we get to we get to we get to do some really cool things and we get to see some really cool things. Mm-hmm. And we get to create a new norm. Yes. And get come out of some of the complacent behavior that maybe we've been in. Hmm. Yeah. Now yeah. speaking of complacent behavior, there may be people listening and saying, Wow, you guys, it sounds like you've been doing it since birth, or you've been doing it forever. I could <laughs> never do this. I'm going to hang up. I'm not listening to this podcast anymore. And you don't, you don't want anyone to think that. And I'm, I'm sure no. you are feeling that. I, uh, not you, but people listening, that I wanted to highlight your life technique because that is one of the many that you have on your site that helps people go through a process to get rid of negative thoughts. And I'd like for you to highlight the life technique. Oh, sure. Sure. So the life technique is actually an acronym and I'll, I'll share with that with you all what that acronym stands for, but it was born out of my desire and need to do something about the negative thoughts that I have had forever. Um, and I got tired of them draining my energy and so I thought, and I had, you know, I have clients. I've had clients over the last 15 years who've not taken that leap because of a negative thought, not entered into a really great relationship because of a negative thought or whatever the case may be. And so I said, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. And I geek out on everything neuroplasticity and mindfulness. I'm, I'm a total nerd when it comes to stuff like that. So I thought, there's got to be a way that's not too technical, that's easy, something simple. And so all of a sudden I was journaling. I was in, I was in an intuitive guided writing session um, where I was journaling and it just, I literally downloaded it. It was awesome. It was really cool. So it stands for, uh, the L in life stands for loop. The stories or the negative thoughts that play on a loop. We got to identify them because if we don't identify them, we can't do anything about changing them, taking the charge out of them or rewriting them. Um, the I stands for identify. And what we're identifying, it's not just the story. We're identifying the experiences and the situations that trigger those stories. So we're really getting under the hood of, uh, and the root of what's going on that are creating those stories. And the F stands for feeling. Okay, every thought we have creates a feeling. We're sometimes not aware of it because we're too busy, as we were talking about, um, being on that hamster wheel, uh, going to work, uh, you know, going, coming home, going to bed, rinse and repeat. So, you know, as I said earlier in the call, our bodies are great GPS systems and we just have to tune in and pay attention. And this is where the F comes into play because we're paying attention to the feelings that we have when those negative thoughts appear. So we know, oh gosh, I'm having that negative thought. Okay, and I don't want to feel this way. I want to feel different. And so we identify not just the feeling associated with the negative thought, but we also identify the feeling that we want to feel instead. And that's where the E comes into play, because this is the fun part of it all. Uh, that's, the E stands for experiment. We create a list of experiments we can try when we feel a certain way to create the feeling that we want to have. 
So when we're having a negative thought and all of a sudden, you know, we get a tightness in our chest, uh, we start to feel heavy, we know, oh gosh, okay, that's that negative thought. I'm going to go and do an experiment to feel light, to feel relaxed, to feel whatever, whatever the feeling is we're identifying. So and it works every single freaking time I use it. Mm-hmm. And I've had clients use it. I, I tested it thoroughly before I released it, and I'm super excited about it. It's so easy. <laughs> so easy. Very nice. Very nice. And and we talked about intuitive readings and mindful, uh, mm-hmm. masterful mind mindset coach and all. And it sounds like a lot of great one-on-work work. Uh, that you do with individuals, mm-hmm. do you also work with companies to help them get uh, sales goals or other ways that you work with companies? I certainly do. Um, I work with companies. I'm, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm currently working with a major hospital, helping um, some of their uh, lead doctors who manage teams uh, further develop their leadership skills. Um, and using mindfulness and mindset at work. Um, yeah, so I do. I work with corporations. I work with hospitals. I work with all sorts of awesome folks in corporate America. Um, so, yeah, that, not just one-on-one. I, I think that's great in that you're working with the hospital. So Shadow's on the front lines, and we're talking about being on autopilot and all that earlier. Uh, what what if we have someone listening now that's working in a hospital and they're just like, I don't know about going in tomorrow and doing another 13-hour day with no breaks. Uh, how could they uh, have their peak potential with a masterful mindset? Oh, gosh. Okay. So first and foremost, I, first and foremost, it's really important to give yourself a pat on the back to sit for a little while in gratitude for all the really cool things that you're bringing to the table. Um, Being grateful for the things that you're doing. Um, Gratitude is a fantastic antidote to the heavy feelings that we often have. Um, And we don't, as as people, normally take two minutes, let alone five minutes, to acknowledge the really cool work we're doing. To really sit and say, you know what? It was really cool how I saved that person's life yesterday. I'm really grateful that I was able to do that. I'm grateful for the skills that I have. I'm grateful for the knowledge that I have that allows me to support others in getting healthy. You know, just doing something that simple is is really helpful in amping up the energy levels. Um, and also acknowledging that, you know, I have clients who are nurses who say, I feel so terrible thinking these things. Like, I don't want to go into work. I don't. You know, I'm tired. I don't want to. I don't want to be there for people. Acknowledge the fact that you're human, and that's okay. Give yourself some grace. Um, you're entitled to have those feelings. Those are human feelings, and it makes a lot of sense. And to beat yourself up for having negative feelings or negative thoughts is not going to help. It's only going to weigh you down even further. So acknowledge. Yep. Okay. I'm having that feeling. Um. And and. I'm, you know, it's okay to have, to give yourself a little grace over it. The other thing too, that I think is really important, particularly when we don't have time to, to spend with self-care um, on a 13 hour shift is make sure that you're hydrating a lot. Mm. Make sure that you're taking a lot of deep breaths. Uh, you know, if you have to go into the linen closet, 
<laughs> away from patients, preferably, and just take a couple of deep breaths. That's going to help with the energy level. And that's also going to help with the negative thoughts because um, negative thoughts and fear hate deep breathing. Absolutely hate deep breathing. Mm-hmm. So deep breathing is really helpful. Mm-hmm. My other takeaway of, of hospitals, like you just said, is uh, acknowledgement and I'd like to personally acknowledge, and I'm just thinking of those listening, that, you know, half of the country hasn't been tested. You're going to potentially go in an environment where they are already anxious and on edge. And I think they would appreciate it more if we come to them uh, without matching that anxiety and stress and just appreciating that we do have that expertise there to help us out of that, uh, out of what we're currently going through. So we all are are in this together, as as they say. Yeah, we are. We absolutely are. And, um, you know, anytime we can do anything to kind of calm ourselves down, uh, we may, we not only impact our immune system in a, in a positive way, but we're able to make more rational, logical decisions and respond as opposed to react. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a big proponent of deep breathing. I actually have a couple of techniques that I use when I'm really freaked out because I get freaked out too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they work every single time. Yeah, well, watching the the uh, the Kansas City team, that would raise your blood pressure from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a lot of deep breathing during the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of deep breathing. <laughs> well, we we've covered the we covered the life technique. We've talked about individuals, relationships, businesses, and I'm sure it's still just the tip of the iceberg. And so for mm. people that want to know more about that, how could they get in touch with you? Oh, I would love it if they would reach out via my website. And my website, what's within you, the letter U, what's within you.com. And I, ha- and I have on my website um, for anybody who is, is in need of a little extra support, um, I have five giveaways. Uh, it's under Epic Giveaways on the front page. Um, some journal prompts. There's an e-course called How to Step from Powerless to Powerful. There's uh, something about that will help you to engage with your authenticity, which is what we talked about tonight. And some simple ways to get unstuck from a rut if you're feeling like you're in a rut, which sometimes we do when we're stuck in the house. And also a brain detox. So those are there for the taking. I invite anybody to come over, download them. And reach out to me. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, you have just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza and Pam, the masterful mindset coach. It was a pleasure. And I want to hear from you when the stories I told myself is ready to go out to the world. (laughs) Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure being on your show. Thank you for having me. I'm sending you all much love and much light. Be well, everybody. Yes. Thank you.